I have to admit that if I was starting out all over again as a classroom teacher and then an educator, I probably would be scared out of my wits. There are so many things in our world today that give one pause about the future and each person's role in it. I can imagine it's very hard to, to navigate the waters of an educational system today, especially if you're a novice, especially if you don't really understand who you are as a teacher and where you'd like to fit in and what you'd like to specialize in. But that part of it hasn't changed from when I first became a classroom teacher, believe it or not, pushing 50 years ago. One of the things I did to help me find my footing and to guide me in the decisions I made as a classroom teacher and later as an administrator and a consultant was to read professional magazines and journals that presented issues that I had to confront and I had to have opinions about and that advanced arguments about certain positions to take, but also gave me ideas of things that other people were doing in other places, in classrooms like mine, that not only broadened my perspective, but reinforced some of the things I was thinking about. Even though I'm well beyond the beginning of my retirement, I still get in my inbox, in my email, links to magazines and a listing of the articles that are in those magazines or links to discussion threads from different organizations where teachers are posting ideas and and taking from those discussion threads ideas. So this morning, I had an email from the Cap'n Magazine, which bills itself as the professional journal for educators. I first began began to be involved in the organization Phi Delta Cabin when I was attempting to become an administrator. Somewhere around the middle of my career, I began to be encouraged to become more involved in the administration end of schooling. 
and I was encouraged to take in the province of Ontario the courses for principals in order to be able to apply for a, a vice principalship, you had to take uh, three courses, principalship part one, part two, and part three. And in the United States now, in other professional journals, I read that there are an increasing number of states that are having courses, offering courses like that to help advance the careers and the knowledge, skills, and affect of people who wanted to be want to be administ administrators. So this morning I got what has evolved from the organization Phi Delta Kappa to the magazine they now just call The Kappan, which presents from an academic point of view articles around issues that are percolating in, in the uh, milieu of professional educators. And this month, the big topic of concern is public education. Now, I know a lot of people, and I'm hoping that over time there will be people who listen to this podcast who believe in the benefits of private education. I have cousins that went to a private school here in my hometown of St. Catharines, Ridley College. And in the province of Ontario, there are there is a network of private schools for boys and private schools for girls and private schools that are co-ed. And then in other provinces in Canada and around uh, the United States, there are schools that are religiously oriented, private schools for Jewish students, private schools for Muslim students, and so forth. In the United States, though, there is this whole network of schools that are charter schools. They're schools that are run for profit. Somebody decides they want to create their own school. Not such a bad idea. But they get funding or they borrow money to establish a business that's going to be a charter school. They have to follow certain restrictions. They have to make sure that the students that come to their school um, follow the proper curriculum, but they are still for-profit educational centers. And so as a result, because they're for profit and they're privately owned, there are restrictions on who can attend and how much they can charge for students and what things besides the common curriculum that is advocated in each state or each province, what things they can talk about and do beyond those things. But there's a whole world of these charter schools that are taking away from the centrality of public education in Western democracies 
like Canada and the United States. And the issue then becomes public versus private education. In Ontario, just recently, the person who extended full funding to our Catholic school system passed away. As the Minister of Education, he allowed the public funding to be extended per student to the Catholic system, Jason Robarts. And we have the system in Ontario of a public and separate because of the way in which Canada evolved. The French fact, the uh, British fact, the Presbyterian Anglican fact, and the Catholic fact. But what Jason Robarts did was we are going to pay for the education of both public and private. And so at the end of the day, the rules of play, the restrictions on what can be taught and what's expected and how teachers are hired and what should be expected of teachers, that applies to both public and separate. And so both School systems in Ontario have to graduate students that have exactly the same sets of knowledges and skills all the way through from kindergarten to grade 12 now. But in a charter school, what you do is you have a group of students who are being pulled away from the mainstream and what I think people lose sight of is that having a public school system in a democracy makes sure that everybody learns the same things. They're treated the same way. They're forged in the same factory, if you will. I don't mean that, that quite that way, but they're, they come out having the same frame of reference. In a system where you have a group of students and an increasingly large number of students who are being educated against the mainstream, and you have the charter school system fighting with the public school system for funding, it becomes very real, the threat to what the public can afford to do as opposed to what the charter school system can afford to do. The example of Ontario is, a, is perfect. Because in Ontario, every student in Ontario gets exactly the same per student. Every school gets exactly the same amount 
per student. So the quality of education stays the same regardless of whether you live in a small town or a big city, whether you live up north in northern Ontario or closer to the Great Lakes, whether you're a boy or a girl, whether you're Catholic or Christian or Jewish. Everybody gets the same. The problem with charter schools is that at the end of the day, not everybody gets the same. And it becomes one more center of magnetism pulling people away from the public and into the realm of the private. We all know that there are issues that threaten the vibrancy, the vitality of the Western democracies. One of those issues is the differences in education amongst the young people. And the only way we are ever going to really solve that is the way Jason Robart solved it in the province of Ontario. Full public funding for every school, regardless of the type, as long as every school follows the same restrictions. Every teacher is a member of the Ontario College of Education. Every school has to file reports. Every student has to be educated in exactly the same way. A public system for every child in every grade. If it's going to be a charter school versus a public school, then it has to be exactly the same. Otherwise, you have kids graduating who are not learning what others are learning. And that means that you are not forging a common bond. If we wish to see democracy strengthened, then one of the fundamental building blocks has to be public education, fully funded.